work it just a little bit. I think we knew that once we had broken our state and had decided and had just made the shift that we could trust ourselves from there. And I think that that's a true testament to the work that we've been doing. Welcome to the Reclaiming Purpose podcast with me, your girl, your hostess with the mostest and the founder of You Are Into It, Dana Lisa. Join me weekly here for wisdom drops on all things intuition. My methodology is the D3 method, and it teaches you how to discover your own joy GPS and reclaim your intuition, then decondition old people-pleasing or analysis paralysis so that you can transform on a belief level in your unconscious mind, and lastly, how to take deliberate aligned action and find liberation and fulfillment in all aspects of your life, including relationships, love, money, and career. My process uses a blend of human design, neuro-linguistic programming, and my own intuitive gifts to help you in reclaiming purpose in your life. What's up? (laughs) Okay, so this is our first episode together from our new temporary home in Costa Rica. Yes, we are in Costa Rica. If you have been following us for a while, then you would know that we've not talked about Costa Rica. This hasn't been something that we've been planning or that was in the works for a while. This was extremely impromptu and there was a lot of build up right before the moment that we made this decision that led to us making a very fast decision and move. And I want to share that with you guys, a little bit of behind the scenes of what happened, why we're here, and what our thoughts are currently in the now, having landed and started to settle in a little bit, how we're both feeling and how things have shifted for us both individually as well as as a couple since making this decision. So is there anything you would like to add to that? Um, I mean, I think it's just intuition just can't really be explained necessarily to other people. You know, following that intuitive hit is sometimes even unbelievable to who you were yesterday, what you're being told to do today. It maybe have no correlation to who you were in the past. And it made me really think of, Intuition is getting you to become something else. That would be like a thought that really comes to me of it didn't make any sense. Exactly what you said. I didn't even look at that perspective. We never even talked about it like like behind closed doors or to our audience individually. They'd be like, yeah, let's do this. I don't know if I've ever even said the words Costa Rica um, like on any kind of social media platform or mm-hmm. in conversation. Um, South America, yes. But um, not but. And when situations occur, it kind of was like, whoa. Like, that is calling us now. And sometimes it just made me think of how we're really, like, protected from things. Things that aren't meant to serve us right now, but in the future, it's like waiting right there. And I found I find that it was a perfect example of intuition, which is exactly what you teach. And it was a truly embodiment of it. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Like, for me, I've never been there. You haven't been there for a while. Like, it was a whole bunch of, like, we don't know people who are here. We're not going to see people here. And, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just a beautiful example of that. Yes. 
And this wasn't the plan. So it was actually very opposite to the plan <laughs> because we had the next several months laid out ahead of us. And I'm glad you brought up intuition and how this is a great example of intuition because oftentimes the way that we are meant to receive something isn't how we receive it at all. And that's been the story of Costa Rica for us because we had a plan. We had a perfectly laid out strategy plan where my entire family was relocating to join us in Bali. And we had spent months planning. We had rented a villa. We had looked at so many villas before we found our dream home. We had locked it in for a temporary longer term. We had we had done the visas, we had done the research of, of obviously being boots on the ground. We had lived there together for the last year and a half. I've been there for the last two and a half years. So we know the um, area really well. We know about finding, you know, the best places to buy our favorite local fruit and the best places to buy our favorite local products. And we had a community there of people who we had built really beautiful relationships with over the last couple of years. So we had a support system there already laid out that we were then going to welcome my family into with open arms. And I was so excited because having my family with us was a vision that I have always held as something that I wanted longer term and that I had imagined was going to be, you know, five years down the line, somewhere longer down the line. And there was a lot of things that I had told myself I had to do first that were necessary for me to be ready to hold this manifestation. And those were all a lie. I was totally ready. I just needed to step into the version of myself who could hold my parents coming. And I realized that there were so many things I thought that I needed to do that were actually already done or that weren't even mine to do that other people were going to do in order to make this vision come to life. And so I watched that unfolding and I had so much come up for me because I realized how when I have time and space between myself and a manifestation, when it seems far away and I know that it is inevitable simply because there is time for it to come to fruition and there's space because it's far away from me. My belief is extremely strong. But as soon as this manifestation was there and very tangible and in the field of my reality and it was already happening, I started to notice doubts creep in and I started to notice fears and insecurities creep in that I was almost waiting for the second shoe to drop. And I really had to work on myself and be very aware of the inner story that was taking place, the narrative inside myself that was taking place while all of this was coming to fruition. And I'm so glad that I did that because had I not, I would not have been prepared for what was coming. And what happened is days before my parents were set for arrival, things started to shift in in Indonesia. And previously to my parents' arrival date, just a few weeks prior, the government had said, you know, if everything continues to go according to plan, we're going to reopen our doors to tourism. Everything is set and 
essentially we're going to reopen. And so we were really excited because we thought maybe my parents won't even need to quarantine when they get here. Maybe the situation will be really under control and it'll be even more open and better when they arrive. How awesome would that be? And within a very short time frame, like 48 hours, 72 hours, it happened very quickly. The situation took a 180 degree turn and the government announced that they were going into what's called a PPKM, which is a state of emergency. Um, I don't remember what that abbreviation specifically stands for, but it's different than a regular lockdown. This was much more intense. There was military on the streets. They were not letting anyone leave their homes. They were spraying people and things down in the streets. Um, everything was closed down, like not just curfew, closed down, takeaway only. And they decided to make a no vaccination, no fly policy, which is ultimately what ended up stopping my parents in the airport before they even got on the first leg of their international journey to get to Tokyo and then to Indonesia. They were stopped by their airline and they were said they didn't meet the requirements. And even though they had all of their testing and even though they had all of their visas and even though everything else previously that had just 72 hours before been enough for them to get on the plane and to come over wasn't enough anymore and that they weren't even going to be allowed on the plane. So, of course, I start receiving these text messages at 4.30 in the morning Dana, 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 like we're, we're not able to get on the plane. We're getting turned around at customs. We don't know what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to stop, um, over at a hotel and we're going to have to figure all of this out. So I'm getting these texts. I'm woken up by these text messages of like, we can't come. And when my parents weren't like just coming for like a little vacation, like they've sold their house they had downsized everything. They had put everything in storage. They had all of their bags for everything they were going to need for an, uh, an unknown amount of time. Um, they had set up their visas because they were planning on investing and looking at Bali as a place to make long-term investments. They had everything like gone. They, they didn't have anything to go home to. This wasn't like something that they, they were just going on like a couple weeks vacation. This was that they were making a plan to come be with us longer term so that we could all be together. And when this happened, they had nothing to go home to. This wasn't like a, oh no, oh well, like we just can't go on vacation anymore. This was like a, we have to figure out what we're going to do, not only short term, but long term. And I was so obviously heartbroken. It was probably, it was not probably, it, it certainly was the biggest heartbreak that I had undergone in a really long time. I, of course, was had been so excited leading up to it. I had been in so much joy and ecstasy and really looking forward to what was to come and the opening of this new chapter. And in the blink of an eye in an instant, all of that future planning, all of that vision was wiped clean. It was a blank slate again. And the unknown was just stretching out in front of us. Okay, they're not coming anymore. But not only that, we not only need to figure out what we're going to do with for them and how we can support and help them and help them with their new, new plan, but what are we going to do? Do we want to stay here? Is this... This a sign like we kind of realized that 
Luke put it best. He said, we've been in a hypnotic rhythm. We've been in this kind of complacency for an extended period of time where we've gotten really comfortable here and things have been consistent and the same for an extended period of time. And because of that, we were just in this pattern, this kind of pattern of being and doing that was on rinse and repeat. And this really shook up our reality. So much like this global pandemic in general has shaken up everyone's life on the globe, we we kind of were in a new shakeup point where everything kind of shifted again and we had to reevaluate, is this really what I want? Am I living an unaligned life? Are the things that I'm doing in alignment with my long-term vision? And with this new information, how do I want to respond? Yeah. What was your experience when all of this was going down? Um, I think for me was kind of almost like kind of trying to figure out like what happened. Um, it was almost like if you ever watch a movie and there's like an explosion and the main characters on the ground and they make that like buzzing sound in his ear. like He's kind of like <laughs> looking around like I, I envision Tom Cruise, but you can you put your favorite actor on there or actress and just trying to figure out like what's going on, you know, like that's so important, like what's happening right now. Um, and that was kind of with the rumors of what was going to happen in, in Bali and in Indonesia, where in the beginning of the week, people heard that there might be something happening. So a lot of people just left directly, not even going to wait it out, not going to see what it is. They just left. It was a very truly a reacting like reacting to it. And with us, and I know for me, it's like, I don't like to react to something. I, I either want to be in the, I think there's three things. I think there's reacting, responding and anticipating. Um, of course, anticipating being the superpower, but you know, we, we did anticipate for a lot of things. And the reason why we could be up and moving and be able to, to have options was because we anticipated things like this happening, maybe not a family, but maybe we had to go to them or maybe we had to leave. And, so for me, it was really just like, okay, what's happening? How can we respond to this? It's not just me. It's not just her. It's, it affects a lot of people. Um, especially me, I'm very, for me personally, I'm really outgoing person. So I'm all in the community. I'm, I'm going around talking to people. I've got like a really good rhythm going, going while I'm there. So for me, it was something that I really want to take in consideration and taking consideration what would have to be left behind and not even having a clear direction of where to go. And it's so kind of like, like life, sometimes you don't know where you're going. Like we didn't, we just know we want to go. But at the same time, where we want to go, which is the questions I was asking myself, like when I was riding on my scooter thinking about it, it's like, well, it's not always about where you want to go because I don't want to be here is not a destination. Like you jump into a taxi and say, get me out of here. The first thing is like, well, where do you want to go? And you say, I don't want to be here. I don't want to go here. That's not a destination. You can't type not here on your GPS. So for me, it was more of like, well, what, what's the goal here? It was, it was to be as a family. That was always the goal. And, but I found for myself, if anyone's out there as a people pleaser or a recovering people pleaser, when someone needs something, we just do it. We don't think about ourselves. We don't think about anything else. We just do it. And that often leads to, of course, that person's taken care of. But in our mind, it's like, well, I'm actually not even happy anymore and I don't want to be here anymore. And then you resent the other people, the people that you're trying to help out, the people you're giving to, and it's not fair to them. 
So for me, it was like, well, the question is like, well, what our desires to be together? Like, how can we make a decision, of course, for her to see her family that that honors us both and honors myself even more? Um, and it was like kind of weighing out the options. And one thing for context is there wasn't a place to go. It wasn't like they had a secondary plan to go to Mexico and we're going to go there. Like we needed to look up. Everything was changing each day. The restrictions, everything in every country. Can we fly out? Do we need the vaccine? Do we need the test? So it was one of those things you weren't afforded the, the luxury of, of waiting. Like to take three days and think about it would have been nice, but it's like, this is a decision that needs to be made in the next 12 hours, basically. And like I say, and Dana said this on a lot of her social media, is like, it's beautiful to set your life up to where you're able to do that and to be ready to anticipate things like this in life that can happen. And, you know, I was really thankful for that. But for me, it was like, what do, what do I want? And how can we make that happen and make the whole collective happy? And that changes the way of looking at it. Cause it's like, well, where can they get into? Where can we get into? Are we allowed to leave? So it's a whole lot of uncertainty, um, which I think is, Right now, people who can live with the uncertainty who lead with that in their life right now is they're they're much better off than people who need to be certain. I think if there was any certainty that we had, um, if that was been one of our top needs, we would have been struggling because there was nothing to be certain about. And even when I said something, you were trying to come to me like, well, if this doesn't happen, then what's going to happen? It's like, I'm like, I can't reach for anything certain right now. Every single thing. It's like if you're climbing, you know, there's this, there's this, um, it's like kind of an unwritten rule of three points of contact. Whenever you're climbing or hiking or you're going down a slippery trail, always three points. A foot, two feet, a hand, two hands, a foot, like an elbow, like whatever you can do because that gives you a little bit of certainty. But someone who's just jumping all hands off and grabbing onto the next ledge, that takes a different kind of person. Like someone who's going up on a without a rope doesn't do that. So for us, it was very much like, well, what can we grasp on to here? We just want to be together. Where can we go? And there was a lot of places that were out of the question. So it was trying to navigate through all that. And, you know, long story short, I think at the end of the day, it was like, you know, this is going to cost us no matter the choice. Like, because we can't be certain of what they're going to do. Are they going to open again? Are they going to close Bali? Like, what's going to happen? And by the whole, the whole, on the side notice, our family's in limbo. Our family's in a hotel waiting. Like, what's up? What are we going to do? So it was really like figuring out what we wanted and then how could we go about making it happen. And I think one of the big things is we did is we took, we, we took the, the first action that would allow us to do anything. I think in every situation, there's something we can do that would make everything else possible. Not that we can do it, not that there's a certainty that'll happen, but it makes it possible. Like you want to lose weight, you, you sign up for a gym and you go every day. It doesn't guarantee you're going to lose it, but it, it definitely helps. And, we knew we couldn't fly without a test, so we had to. We went right and got the PCR test directly, and we don't even have a flight yet. We don't even know if we can fly. We don't even know what the test, the results are going to be. But it was like this sets us up so that in 24 hours we can go. And from that point on, it was like looking up to see what was the best options. Where could we go? Um, definitely looking into the future because it, no, we have to leave behind. We have our place still there. We have our dog there. We have like our life is there, and it was like really looking into the future, like, well, if we go, this is what it's going to cost us. Not even from a financial standpoint, but emotionally, energetically, this is what's going to cost. But what we want is worth that cost. And so for me and my, from going through my mind, that's everything that went through my mind in this moment. And then it was saying, well, 
the cost of staying has a cost as well. Even if you're paid to stay, you're still costing something. And whether for us, it was freedom of movement, freedom of speech. And um, yeah, and at the same time, my I called a friend. I, I, call, I call my round table. I have a round table of people that I call, about five people that I call before I make any big decision. And one of them said to me, they're like, Luke, you know, you need to understand someone like you, you can do more help when you're away than you can when you're there. And sometimes in those crisis moments, we forget about everything, the tools we have available to us that with social media, the internet, that we're able to reach people even if we're not there. We can reach out to the people who still follow us. We're not leaving. Like, it's not like we're gone. Like, it's 100 years ago. I'll maybe see you again. Like, we can still stay in contact. We can still help. We can still send money. We can still um, give people opportunities. And But there's a moment when you have to do, like, I need to make sure that I'm okay. Like, and if I'm not okay, and if she's not okay, especially in a partnership, if one person's not okay, that affects the entire thing, you know? So for me, it was really making a decision on what we want, what was possible, which kind of was everything, and giving us the one thing that would give us that ability to do that was the PCR test. And then from there, getting the results, and even before we had the results, we were like, let's just book the flights. And that's kind of what got us to the point of looking at flights ready to go. Mm-hmm. If you hear anything in the background, that might be the cows <laughs> moving yeah. outside. There's a cow field just in front of us. Yeah, like it was once we knew and once we had gone through the moving of emotion, like I didn't make any decisions when I was in my rage and my anger or my my heartache and my sadness. Like I spent a good day just moving emotions, crying raging, screaming into a pillow, letting Luke hold me while I was so upset. And (laughs) he spent some time calming me down and letting me know like, hey, I don't think we should make any decisions yet. I don't think we should make any decisions right now. Because I really instinctually was like, let's go, let's go right now. Let's just do let's go. But I knew also that I was in a state of really high emotion, which meant that my emotional intelligence was really low because I was in this peak state of under the stress, under the pressure, under the everything has changed. What do we do? And just to be clear, my current stance on vaccinations is I'm not interested in getting vaccinated in this moment. I don't have enough information from what I have seen. Everything is in its experimental phase and we don't know what the long-term effects of the vaccine are going to be. And so for myself, I'm waiting and I want to be able to make a choice that doesn't feel that it's under duress or coercion. I don't want to be told you have to, you should, it's an obligation, you must. I want to be able to make an informed choice that comes with consent and true consent requires desire. I want to know that if I'm making this decision, it's because it's what's best for me. And I'm making that choice out of desire, not force or being pushed in that direction. And my parents and my family feel very similarly. So we all of that had to be taken into consideration as well when we're making a choice to go choose a destination. And Costa Rica is a place I've actually been before. And it's somewhere I came in 2018 before I had ever gone to Bali. And I knew how beautiful it is. I knew how much they care about nature. I know how much they care about the environment. They're actually, <laughs> they're actually set to be, um, 
in the negative for carbon emissions each year, which means they're going to be taking more carbon dioxide out of the environment than they're actually putting into it, which is, I believe, one of the first countries to be doing so. My dad knows all the statistics on this. He's really well-versed in the different countries and how they're having an environmental global impact. And I think we knew that once we had broken our state and had decided and had just made the shift that we could trust ourselves from there. And I think that that's a true testament to the work that we've been doing on ourselves individually, as well as as a couple, is that we know that when we make a decision and when we say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, that regardless of what else happens as a repercussion of that decision, that we've got ourselves, that we can trust ourselves, that what we're doing is the right thing. We don't need to know everything and all of the details before we make a move. We need to make sure that we're in a place of calm and that we're truly listening to our intuition. And if the answer is yes, we're listening to our intuition. This is an intuitively led decision. It's not coming from a place of fear. It's coming from a place of love, from feeling pulled towards the direction of what feels right for us. If we make decisions from that place, it is guaranteed that it is in the best interest of us. It is guaranteed that even though we don't know how it's all going to work out, it's going to work out in magical synchronistic ways that are beyond our comprehension and understanding from our current place. And so once we had gotten to that place with the decision of Costa Rica, we knew no matter what, that it was all going to be perfect. It was all going to be divine. It was all going to work out the way it was supposed to and that we were so supported. And I mean, we got amazing signs of the whole mm. way here. Yeah. It was a very long journey <laughs> from the time that we stepped foot in the airport until we landed in Costa Rica. It was how many hours? 47? 47 hours and some odd minutes. So I remember, I remember being on the plane and just being so grateful that we both do trust ourselves so much that we both do have such a tether to our intuition that we are capable of communicating in a in a beautiful way with one another in order to be able to create space for both of us to be intuitively led and to come from a place of love and to hold each other through our fears, through our apprehensions, through our doubts, so that we can get to this place of, of okay, even though we don't know how or how it's all going to work out, we know what the decision is and we feel fully supported and we trust ourselves and each other that this is the right thing. And I remember sitting on the plane and just being like, whoa, we did it. Like we, we in a 36 hour time span went from being prepared to open my, welcome my family with open arms into their new home in Bali to packing up our entire lives and getting on a plane for a 47 hour journey to an entirely new country that Luke's never been to before. And that I've only spent a month in. And that is something that a lot of people don't have the, don't have the understanding that they have the power to do. Like anyone can do this, but a lot of people don't believe that they can or they don't feel like they have access to that same intuitively led decision making power. And that's not true. And part of the reason I wanted to share the story is I've designed my life very intentionally this way. We both have. 
so that we can make these decisions when the time calls for them in the moments where unexpected things change in our external reality we can we can respond from a place of love not react from fear not do something that's out of alignment with ourselves because we're scared but truly knowing okay i can handle this i've got this i'm going to i'm going to trust myself and it's all going to work out perfectly and it's pretty amazing to have a life that's designed that way because it eliminates fear. It eliminates the worry and the anxiety of what if, what if, what if, what if, what if that most people spend their entire lives in inaction because they're so scared about what might happen that they just never even take step one. And what we're here to do is to show people that when you take step one and when you trust yourself and when you listen to your intuition, magic happens, miracles happen, amazing things happen, time collapses, things that you couldn't even possibly have planned come to fruition because there's magic to be had that our brains simply can't understand based on our past experiences. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, just being in a position to do this and at the same time, I think for you all watching this, you'd be like, wow, I could never do that. It's important to understand that that's the reason why it would be difficult for you to do it. Because there's like, no, I could never do that. Because there was fear. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I was super scared. I was super like, like, is this the right decision? There's a lot of questioning, but there was a decision made. And I think that sometimes it's that decision that makes the biggest difference. Like, okay, we're leaving. I remember coming home and... and Dana was sitting in bed, I'm like, we got to go. And it's like making a decision. And throughout that, as Dana's been saying, like trusting yourself, it's trusting myself because the decision's been made. And I love to kind of question myself. I love, I work like that though. I, I love to give myself excuses. Like I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this. Cause for me, that motivates me even more. Like knowing that I just ran 20 miles and I said I was tired before that motivates me more than if I'm like, I'm feeling great today, let's do it. Cause then I don't, you don't feel so great. That's, that's, that's how I work. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, you know, and when we say we set our life up like this, one thing that came to my mind as Dana was saying that was that, um, when you start down the path of, of trying to create that life where you have freedom. Now, your definition of freedom is on you to, to, to decide. But for me, it's, it's waking up in the morning and going to bed at night and everything in the middle is what I want to do. That's my definition. So it was like setting my life up like that. But that comes with a cost. That comes with a, you can't worry about other people's opinions. You can't let people stress to you. Most of the time, your families will disapprove. Your friends will be like, what? That's a horrible idea. What? You're going to pack up and do that? And that's the people you have to learn to block out, as well as the voices in your, in your mind that's repeating what you're hearing outside. So you almost, to set up the life like this, it requires what it took for us to even just leave Bali, for example. It's the same exact thing, but it's just amplified more. It's learning to deal with like uncertainty and learning to deal with like, you have to trust yourself. Um, Dana asked me a couple days ago, you know, like what people are struggling with. And, you know, and she was asking about, and she said something along the lines of like, yeah, people aren't trusting themselves. And then I thought to myself, it's like, people never have to trust themselves. Like if you would have went to college and then you got a job and then you are saving and then you're ready to retire at 65 or maybe you're retired, like you've never had to trust yourself at all because you just did what you were told. And when you do what you're told, you never have to think really for yourself. 
a kid, a child who's at home, me growing up, I never had to think about where am I going to get my shoes from. I know it's going to be taken care of. But now you realize, like, when I remember moving out of my home for the first time into college and actually after college going into apartment, because even in college, I didn't have to trust anything. Like, I didn't have to trust myself because everything was taken care of. But basketball took care of everything. We didn't have to get anything. But I remember moving out of there, moving into my own apartment, and I remember thinking, like, oh, my gosh, there's no light bulbs in the light. I have to buy lights. I have to get toilet paper. I have to do – and all of a sudden, I have to, like, rely on myself because if that's not done, there's no lights. The bill's paid, but I have to do that. I have to trust myself that I'm going to remember the things that I need. There's no one stocking the fridge for me. It's on me to do it. It's it's on me to fill my car with gas. It's on me to do this. And you really start to develop that relationship with yourself. And I think for us, it's that conditioning of like, especially as an entrepreneur, especially in the beginning, you start out with with these high expectations and you usually get like smaller results. And you have months where you do great. And in the beginning, there's months where you don't. And you really learn how to be like, I got it. I got it next month. I got it next week. I got I got this. It's going to happen. And you have this, besides what you see outside, you know in your mind of, I got this no matter what. And you start to develop that like trust muscles I've heard you say before. Like you develop that trust muscle. And you start to trust yourself. And all that is setting you up for your next decision. Like me, like you right now watching this, if you're still watching to this point, like there's this thing of like, wow, I really want to do that. And the second it clicks that way, the only reason I can't is because of some story that I'm telling myself. If I were to say you guys could pack up and sell everything and move, move to Costa Rica right now, you'd be like, well, no, I have this and I have this. And it's really like you start to trust yourself to be like, well, I still we're going to make it work. Not like not that we can't afford this, but how are we going to do this? Like what needs to be done for us to do that? And it really shifts your focus. And for us, these are all questions that we had to ask ourselves in a microsecond. Like you got 12, you got 12 hours. Let me know. Are you staying here where you've been stayed at? Or are you going to pack up and go to a country you've never been and meet people there who've never been there either? And during a time of we don't even know what's going to, it wasn't like, because in context is we don't even know if we're going to be able to fly 100%. There was no guarantee. I remember we landed in Doha and Qatar and there was about 35, 40 flights. I think there was only four of them that were going. The rest were canceled. And then at the same time, you have to worry about the test and, the, and all these things. And it was just like having to deal with uncertainty in a large scale, which is why all the little like micro decisions that you make, they matter. They, they matter a lot, like from what you eat to what you're gonna, where you're going to go, what you're going to do. It's like making a decision and then trusting yourself to, to, to kind of that you got you. You know, that's for me, that's what got me through it. And knowing like no matter what happens, we make it work. Like not thinking too far in the future, not thinking too far in the past, but literally being very present. And one thing I was saying today is like, we need to remember like exactly right now, like this moment, because now we, if we get too far ahead, we're going to forget a simple step, like downloading a health insurance to come here and doing all these little things that you kind of forget about if you're in that like stressed out state. And I think the advice we give is the advice that we truly, truly need ourselves, the advice that we're giving to people all the time. And one thing I was telling Daniel was like, you know, relax. We need to come down to a place where we can emotionally think. And it really was for myself to think like, okay, let's think with a clear head, clear mind. Like what is the best course of action? As Dana said, based out of love, not fear. And then, um, yeah, now it's probably been almost a week and here we are. Most of that. <laughs> yes. And I feel like I'm going through a whole new initiation having made the shift that I can't even fully grasp yet what's on the other side of it. I mean, because we did break that hypnotic state that we were in of consistency and 
reliability and the sameness that was dependable for us. And now that that's broken, it's almost like a spell is broken and it's like you see everything with fresh, clear eyes. So I know I got reinvigorated to bring people into my micro mind, Stardust Actualized, because it teaches exactly what we just went through. It teaches that self-trust. It teaches us overcoming that uncertainty and being able to lean into our intuition and our own deep knowing. And that was something that wasn't even on my radar. And there's other things that have been on my radar for years that now I'm seeing they could be so much faster and come to fruition so much sooner because I was postponing them telling myself I wasn't ready, but I was, I just was in a state that made it seem like I wasn't in the right place yet. And the truth is I totally am. I can, I can hold all of these things because they're here. They're ready to be received. And it's about me being ready to receive them. So I'm, I mean, how are you feeling? Do you feel like new things have become available to you since we made that decision? Like what did that pattern break give you? Yeah. Um, the pattern break for me, I'd say that it gave me just a like, okay, here's the next step. Like, because every level has a devil and you get comfortable in that hypnotic rhythm. Like I've conquered the devil here. It's still challenging, but I've, I've been able to fight him and hold my own. And I know I got this, but that next level is even bigger. But what those little levels teach you is that you can get up to the next level and that you can pull yourself up because now you're stronger. And it, it taught me and showed me that, well, you're ready for the next challenge, even though you're like, well, I'm not sure. And it's, and it's the same thing. And, and understanding like this whole thing sets us up for like the very next thing. And it's not like a constant struggle. And I think language is so important with what you say, like life's a battle. Then if you, if you believe this, then everything is a fight. You know, if, if this, that's how it is. But if you look at life as a game and there's levels and as you, as you fail and get knocked back down, it's, you got to pass it. Like if you can, I just can remember playing Game Boy or something where you're playing Mario and you, you don't make it and you just have to go again and you just learn how you lose all the lives. Of course, not in real life, but, and you learn, start again, like, Oh, I need to do this better. I need to jump over this. But that doesn't mean that's just one level you pass. The next level is totally different, but you incorporate the skills. You learn, oh, I need that so I can grow because then I can jump higher and I have to watch out for those things that come. I have to jump over it. And all of it teaches you things where if you were to look on level two and you were to look at level 15, there's no way you could do 15 because you, you, you don't have enough confidence. You don't have enough certainty in yourself. You know, when things are uncertain in the world, I think there's a time when you need to have the certainty within you. You know, the uncertainty that's out there is it's it's that's life. That's where the growth happens. And, you know, I think one of the biggest hypnotic rhythm breakers is when you're comfortable and understanding that when you're comfortable, what what does happen? Like, what does happen? Like, and even though we're here and we're in a beautiful place, like, and I, I thought like we're on the beach, my mind has been like, I don't want to just lay on the beach. Like, <laughs> everyone talks about like, this is the dream. And it's like, is it like, I think having that option to do it whenever you want is kind of the dream. But when you're actually there, you're like, you realize, and this is why Stardust actualized me with the programs and me with one-on-ones is, is that you realize it is about other people. And for me personally, in my journey over the last probably year and a half has been understanding that when I'm in the best area that I can be in, the best shape that I can be in, the best environment that I can be in, I'm better. Not that my environment dictates who I am, but when my environment is not clean because, you know, I'm not too, I like it a little bit messy, but when it's in my, my area is nice, then I can be even a better person. When you have that, almost that, everyone has their, their, 
what would the word be? Everyone has their, their space where they feel the best. Everyone has their favorite country. Everyone has their, I like to call it their Poland, because Poland is like my favorite place, and I could just spend the rest of my life in a little apartment there. Um, knock on wood. I mean, I, not that I <laughs> want to do that. I could do a lot of other things. But I think about that, and I think that throughout this journey, it just teaches you that you're always tested, like all the time. And when you stop being tested, then that's a sign that you need to maybe look and see what's going on, because you're always tested. All the time, it's part of growth. There's always something. You're never the same. You're getting better. You're getting worse. It's, it's never the same. So for me, throughout this whole process was just like, you said you trust yourself. You teach people how to do it. Show me. And then it's like, okay, let's do it. And knowing that you're doing it with the right intentions, that's very important for me, was to make sure, like, what are we doing this for? Is we doing it just because she needs to do it? Are we doing this because I want to get out of here? What is the real intention for this? And it's like, no, because we need to be together, and this is a way for us to accomplish that. So why wouldn't it be worth it? Agreed. Yeah. I love what you said about, you know, you're right by the beach, and it's like, oh, you know, people think, Oh, what do I want out of life? I just want to be able to do nothing, lay on a beach, read books all day, whatever it is. There's like a vision of what they wish that they could do. Well, you could do that now. Like you could. Theoretically, you could do nothing now. Nothing doesn't require anything of you. It requires you to slow down and relax. Like there's things that people envision freedom to be that when they when they finally have it, they realize it was just because it was all of the things that they were missing out on, but it's not necessarily their passion, their purpose, and their driver and their intention for their life. So I encourage you to think about what are all the things that you're craving right now and how do you set your life up with freedom so that you have the ability to do those things when you feel called to do them and you also have the space to create and to align with your true intention because there's something that you're here to do in this lifetime and it requires radical self-trust it requires you to step into uncertainty it requires you to break free of leaning on external things as your your support system and it requires you to go within and find your support system within and to find your trust in yourself and to foster a relationship of love and care and certainty with yourself then you can go out and share that with others because you know that you've always got you Thank you for joining us and for listening. We're sending you all lots of love from Costa Rica and can't wait to share more of our insights and this place with you while we're here. Pura vida. Pura vida. Hasta luego. All right, Intuits, that's all for this week, but I will catch you here on Reclaiming Purpose next week. And if you want more of this type of content, you can go check out the offers on youareintuit.com. The link is in the show notes. And for a chance to win a one-year subscription to all of our workshops and programs, go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that we can enter you into our quarterly draw. I will talk to you guys so soon and have an amazing rest of your day wherever you are in the world. Yeah.